life, I mean truly happy. If I asked you to define what a truly happy life looks like, could you do it? I'm starting the conversation about what it means to be truly happy from within and why things that you think create your happiness from outside of yourself are actually not what creates a truly happy life. So grab your cup of tea, sit back and chat with me. I've missed you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Happiness Workshop podcast, where we know that happiness is a workshop. We've had lots of wonderful guests who bring their own energy and wisdom to all of us, and I am eternally grateful for them and for all of you who so willingly share your vulnerability and your trust to listen week after week. To that end, I would love to ask for your help. I would appreciate if you would hit pause, hop into Apple Podcasts to give the Happiness Workshop a five-star rating, and leave a review. Share a sentence or two about what it is that you love about the show and why you return time and time again to listen. You'll be doing other people a solid because every five-star review helps Apple Podcasts recommend this show to more listeners. You'll be doing me a huge favor because you'll be helping me to grow this amazing community. So take a moment, hit pause, and go leave your rating and your review. We'll be right here when you get back. See? I told you we'd be here when you got back. This evening, I have the pleasure of sharing a conversation I had this week with Joanne Rolf. You're really going to enjoy all the gems she so generously shares in this interview. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. Ladies, not feeling hurt in your marriage? If the answer is no, you aren't feeling hurt in your marriage, then I'm talking to you. On Monday, October 24th, grab your best girlfriends for a virtual girls' night out and join me for a free virtual event called You're Not Listening, where you will learn how to start improving communication within your marriage so you can shift from arguing to finally feeling like you're being heard. While this is a free event, registration is required. So I will drop the link to register in the show notes. And now it's time to announce the winner of the Help Me Help You Tell Your Story contest. I am super excited to announce that the winner of the contest is Brittany Newton Hardiman. I have so much gratitude for all of you who participated, all of you who continue to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, all of you who send an episode to a friend or family member who you think it might resonate with. I am so grateful for all of you who continue to be here over and over and over again. I love seeing you on social media. I love receiving emails that you send with show suggestions or your comments or feedback about a particular episode. So please continue to do that. 
let us continue to grow this community. And again, I want to congratulate Brittany Hardiman for being the winner of the Help Me Help You Tell Your Story contest. I cannot even wait to schedule your show and interview you here. I can't wait for you to be my guest so you can share your story and I am going to get your $10 Starbucks gift card in the mail just as soon as possible. So congratulations and thanks again to Brittany and everyone who participated in the contest. It's because of all of you that we continue to grow and evolve. This week, I sat down to chat with Joanne Rolfe and was blown away by everything she shared with me. Joanne is a registered holistic nutritionist. She specializes in working with women who struggle with fatigue, weight gain, hormone imbalance, and digestive issues, who feel a sense of frustration and helplessness with the medical system, and who are committed to naturally regaining their health. I feel so lucky to be the bridge for you and all of the juicy wisdom in this conversation. So without further ado, welcome to the workshop, Joanne. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good in yourself. I'm doing very well. Thank you. You sound very up and peppy this morning. I am. I was at a, I was doing the wellness expo all weekend. So that was fun it was fun to just yeah reconnect with so many people that you know i mean we're all just we're starving for that connection you know that's physical physical connection with people so uh it was yeah really really wonderful so many people that i've known over the years in the, the industry and uh yeah new people that are starting to move into that industry so it was lovely Oh, that is so nice to hear. I love those kind of events. I feel like I get so much out of them. Like they fill me up both intellectually, but also emotionally. I feel like it just fills me up. Oh, I feel the same way. Like being a volunteer this year was I've, this event's been going on on and off for like 14 years. And of course we lost the last two years of it. And um, I've been a vendor once when I had my spice blend business, but every other year I've been involved in um, volunteering. So uh, yeah, it's just really, really nice to be a part of like having a, an event like this happening. Cause we need these events in our community. Like they're really important um, to bring like-minded people together and also to introduce what we do to people that may not be aware of, like, what are the options out there, right? Well, you know? and that's so true, right? So as you are starting to talk about that, I would love if you could share a bit about your business, what it is, and what it is that you do. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm a health nutrition coach and I specialize in working with women in midlife um, women in midlife that are just really tired of just the feelings of fatigue not feeling good about themselves knowing that something isn't right you know something they just don't feel themselves and they can't necessarily put a finger on it when they try to speak to somebody about it, say they go to their doctors and, you know, 
we all know, I mean, the average amount of time in a doctor's is about seven, seven minutes. And, you know, often they walk out of there very frustrated. They usually have a prescription in their hand for maybe anti-depression, um, anti-anxiety, um, HRT, um, you know, basically things that are focusing on the symptom as opposed to like looking at what the root causes. So that's what I do. So a lot of what I do is one-on-one -on -one coaching with women, but I also offer coach uh, group coaching. And I also um, do a lot of talks. So right now at the library, I have a series going on right now and we're talking about uh, menopause. And then I just finished a series on um, solutions for women, like things that, you know, again, they don't even really know where to begin asking the questions about what's going on with them because they don't they don't understand it themselves like gut issues for instance you know uh, and it's a very some some of these topics are are difficult for women to talk about you know and so that's kind of where i come in of being able to allow them to share with me what's really going on and i dig deeper i keep digging deeper with them um and the other part of my what I do is I'm a psychospiritual therapist as well. So these two really combine really nicely. So I have the nutrition part of helping women, but I also have like, I go into a lot of what happened to them as even growing up, what happened to them as a child. Like, you know, if they're emotional eaters, well, they just didn't wake up one day and they were an emotional eater. Um, we can actually take it right back to how they were actually even shown loved by their parents you know and recognize that this is something that they've been using for survival and now as an adult it's no longer serving them so i hope that answers your question as to what i do it's a lot it's a big it's a kind of a big scope of what i do it's not just eat this take these supplements i really dig deep with my clients and i love every bit of that because I feel like that's what's needed. That's what's important because it's not just the Band-Aid solution, the Band-Aid fix, because that's not a solution, right? That really is just an in-the-moment fix. But if you don't dig deep, and sometimes it does take going all the way back to your childhood, and not just with, say, emotional eating, which obviously you know, but for me, I am an emotional eater, but it's also people with um, alcohol addictions or drug addictions or sex addictions or whatever other kind of addiction it is, oftentimes it does stem all the way back from childhood and can have nothing to do with what the addiction is itself. So say for an emotional eater, they can look all the way back into their childhood and find where that emotion, they felt it for the first time. And that addiction, whatever it is, maybe, you know, like for emotional eating, it fills that void of love or that first time that they felt a negative emotion around something. Does that make sense? But you know what? It's really interesting because exactly what you said about a void. And I like to compare it with like a funnel. 
and you think about a funnel um, is that we're always looking for things outside of ourselves that are going to fill that void right and then what happens is as we're filling that void think of the funnel as like it might momentarily fill that void but then it goes through the funnel and then you've got to fill it again and it goes through that funnel and fill it again so it becomes this constant thing so the more that women not just women but the more that any of us can find that that those feelings with the from within ourselves do you know so you know i always say my big thing is do you want whatever it is whether it be food or alcohol or drug or whatever do you want it to control you or do you want to control it so it's okay to use food occasionally to be like oh you know like comfort food you know what i mean or need a glass of wine but when it starts to control you and it starts to dictate to you when you're going to consume it, then it becomes a problem. Um, you know, so the more that we can become aware of that, the more that we can recognize that when we have that void inside of us, like that void of that we're wanting to fill outside, is just to go within and say, like, what's going on here? Like, what am I feeling right now? You know, what am I feeling like maybe a lack of in my life right now that I need to bring in? And it could be something that's not even related to food that we need. You know, like I'm finding a lot of women I'm working with as they start to get into their fifties that they're actually starting to feel a lack of self purpose. Like they've had purpose in their life with their kids and their jobs and the career and the community and volunteering and all of those things. Now there's, they're feeling that sense of like, kind of like, who am I? What am I all about? And, you know, reaching outside of ourselves to try to fill that void instead of going within, you know, okay, what do I need at this time in my life? Not what I needed five years ago or 10 years ago. What do I need right now? You know, so I'm actually even helping women in my coaching to even start to tap into redefining kind of like what their purpose is and taking action steps towards it because I think the other thing that happens as we get older, especially, again, I'm just referring to women, that, and this can all tie into our hormonal levels. Like if our testosterone levels are low, our testosterone is kind of like our confidence. It's our drive. It's our stamina. And what happens is as we go into perimenopause and menopause, then our testosterone levels can drop. Okay. So then as they start to drop, it's not like we think of like, oh, testosterone is just like the sex, you know what I mean? Like, but it's not. It's also our confidence. It's also our ability. It's like to be able to to step out of our comfort zone. So it's just really not only helping women to, you know, to naturally raise up their testosterone levels, but also to recognize that they're kind of in their comfort, in their cocoon, and they're not liking it, but what do they need in order to kind of like push themselves back at it? What baby steps do they need to take in order to start moving them in the direction and helping them define what direction they want to go in? Yeah. And it's not, you know, because it's like the direction they were going in may not be the direction that they actually want to, but that's the familiar or they're trying to go continue. They're trying to get back into continuing in that direction is recognizing that's like, okay, that was it. But what is it now? What is it that you want now in your life? You, everything you just said has made so many thoughts come into my mind about my own life and about people I know. And mm. also this idea, like, I know that you work primarily with women 
And everything you just said, it's like men go through a midlife crisis and it is like, they're afraid of getting older. They feel like they can't do what they once used to do. They have this need to feel younger and that's the masculine energy of this time of life. Right. But the feminine energy of this time of life is more what's my purpose? You know, mm-hmm. your children have grown. You, like you were saying, your hormone, hormone levels are changing and it's where do I go from here? Not so much, oh no, I'm getting older. I need to try to recreate my youth. It's more, what's my purpose now moving forward? More of like, okay, let's be gentle on ourselves and find this comfortable new space, not a panic in like the masculine energy. Do you find that? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah. And and that's in when people are in couples, I mean, that even changes the dynamics in couples, right? You know, because the male even is like less maybe assertive than what they were because interestingly enough with men, as their estrogen levels go up, and their testosterone levels go down. So men actually start to lose that drive that they had as well. And um, you can always tell when a man has a lot more estrogen than testosterone, there's that man boobs, you know, the man boobs. Yeah. Um, that's the sign that their testosterone levels are actually too high. Um, mm. But yeah, so it's kind of like, a, it's, it's interesting when you see the dynamics between just even couples and relationships and, and the roles that, you know, that they kind of took on maybe early in the relationship and now they're kind of redefining. And also I really believe there's a lot of women out there that felt this sense of purpose um, for many years was about how can I help other people? How can I like their husbands or their children? And the, you know what I mean? It's yep. always being there for other people. And that's how a lot of women, even though they were super women in their careers and, you know, whatever other areas of their life, there is still that sense of like, oh, if I keep doing for people in my life, then it's going to give me a sense of fulfillment. And I, and again, I think there's a lot of women that are just like, I'm seeing more women that are mid middle age um, that are actually not wanting to get back into relationships again. If something happens to their relationship, maybe they lose their partner, death, or divorce, or whatever. I find there's less women that want to jump back into another relationship because they no longer need to have that fulfillment of feeling like they are looking after somebody else and you know without men bashing because this is not my purpose um is that women kind of slipped into that role and men were like oh this is kind of good and this woman wants to look (laughs) after me and cook for me and do my laundry and and make sure that my life runs smoothly while I go out there and you know succeed in my business and in life and I think more women are now like "Mm, no no that no longer works for me like but what is it that I want to do for myself you know and it's not about aggressive like okay these major goals of like you know how much money it's not about that you know it's just feeling like you you do have a purpose and and you know tapping into our passion uh, you know, what makes us happy? Like I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, oh, I get to work on this today or, oh, I have a client today or, you know, and it just, it just is it's so different. It's just such a different feeling when, you know, we can have that joy and we can find that joy in, 
in meaning in our life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's something that more, I think, you know, and it all ties in with health, right? You know, like we talked about you, the initial, um, not the reason for this podcast, but the initial topic of this podcast was about kind of like how, how happiness affects our health. Well, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you feel good about your day and what's in store for you and you feel like you're living a lot, your life purpose and that you're, you're living with passion, you know, first of all, that affects your why. So all the choices that you make each day are focused around your why. Why am I putting good food into my mouth? Because I want to feel good. Because if I feel good, then it gives me the stamina, the energy, the, you know, just to, you know, to do all of the things that I want to be doing. So that's my big why. Like, you know, I always say that when our house starts to decline or mobility starts to decline, our worlds get smaller, you know, and yeah. that's, a, you know, they just get smaller because if we don't have our mobility, if we don't have our health, then, you know, we can't, we can't live a life of passion and purpose. Um, you know, so it's kind of like the circle. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? What comes first being happy and being healthier or being healthier and being happy, happier, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you want to continue on around the circle, right? And like, let it increasingly get bigger and bigger and bigger, like healthful and happy. Um, yeah. I'm wondering as a woman, like, you know, where does it begin for you? Where did it begin? Like, how did this intentional focus on your health begin? And how has it changed your life? Um, well, for me, it began, um, even though I, you know, I didn't actually realize just how much kind of like my, I don't even want to say my health per se, um, because I can't ever say that I was like, oh, I was never one to go to the doctors anyway. But it was just, okay, so I had my daughter when I was, my last daughter when I was 44. So I have a 45-year-old, I have a 43-year-old, and then I have a 19-year-old. And before I had her, um, so I would say that, you know, when people say at 44, she must have been a mistake. And I say, no, she was actually five years in the decision-making and three years in the making and two <laughs> miscarriages before I had her. So the two miscarriages before I had her, I, I was shocked because it was like, okay, I had my other children, you know, super young and everything was good. And I never experienced that. So I actually didn't even understand at the time that to me that that was, I know looking back now that I was actually in perimenopause. I didn't even realize it, um, which meant that my progesterone levels were really high in relationship to my estrogen, but I didn't know any of this. So it wasn't until after. And then when I had my daughter, I just felt really horrible. Like, I just felt like, I mean, I know at 44, you've had a baby and of course you're, you know, postpartum and, you know, you're tired and everything like that. But it was just, it was more than that. And, you know, I just realized it was like, oh, I'd look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh my goodness. Like, I felt like I was like aging overnight. My hair was falling out and like, I was starting to get like these, like, you know, the wrinkles, like even around like the mouth kind of thing. And I was just like, I just was not liking the way I was feeling. And my, my, my um, digestive system was really off and my energy was really low. And, and of course, again, I could point that a lot to like, okay, well, you know, you had a baby and you had her later in life and all that kind of stuff. But I just knew something wasn't right. And then, you know, I really 
just I made a decision. I kind of like looked at myself in the mirror one day and said, okay, you need to take back control of your health because this is not working. What you're doing is not working. So I went on this journey of really trying to correct myself. And at the time, my Bible was nutritional healing, um, which there's still copies of it around. I don't know if they still actually print them, but that was my Bible. And from there, I was just like trying to figure out like what was going on. I'd research this and start taking this supplement and introduce this food. And that was kind of how it started. And then as I was getting to 50, um, I started again. I was still kind of recognizing that this at that point, I was kind of like full on into, you know, it was more obvious than I was in kind of perimenopause at that point. And um, I decided that I was going to go to school to become a nutritionist. So that was what I did is I decided to enroll in the program at the uh, Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And um, yeah, so I was in my 50s, actually, when I went back to school to do that. And it was just, you know, when I started really talking to other women um, and I started, it was like a, a realization that so many women were suffering. So many women were going through this. And like as I said at the very beginning, it's not even being able to put things into words because it's all of these little changes that we notice that, I mean, restless leg syndrome. I had no idea what that was. I just knew that it kept me awake. It would be little things like I didn't even have like a little twitch in my eye. Like I'm just talking about like little things. But when they all added up, that it was, you know, nutritional deficiencies that I had, that my body was not like my thyroid was low, my adrenals were high, like, I was just like, as I say, I was a mess. So I just started realizing that how many other women were suffering. So that was when I decided that my focus was going to be on helping women to feel better about themselves. Because, you know, the thing is, is that sometimes we don't even, we don't, we don't, as I say, we can't always put words to kind of what we're experiencing. Or, what I found is when I worked at a health food store for five years, and I did that for a reason. So even though I had my practice, my own private practice, I would work part-time at the health food store. And the reason for that was because I wanted to be frontline and I actually wanted to meet the women that were coming through the door and find out what their pain points were. And I just found that there were so many women that were buying all of these supplements and all of these get kind of well, quick, fixes and they weren't addressing they like they were putting a band-aid on the symptoms but they weren't actually addressing the cost so for instance when i would have women coming in and complaining about raging hormones and hot sweats or hot flashes and night sweats and you know their hair falling up whatever when i would try to explain to them or help them to understand the function of the liver and the importance of if we have toxicity on liver how it affects our hormones so my recommendation would be like let's look at the liver let's look at cleaning the liver but they would be like well just give me the give me the quick fix i right. want the quick fix and i'd be like but but you know like you're going to just be dependent on always dealing with you know these hot flashes and these night sweats and these raging hormones and your hair falling out like they even thought if they got the special shampoo for their hair or that their skin was starting to sag and it's like they were in buying you know large amounts of collagen every month and i'd be like mm, you know like you know not to bash the collagen you know industry but it's a farce do you know what i mean like our bodies naturally produce collagen but we need to 
give our bodies what it needs to naturally produce collagen as opposed to just taking a bunch of collagen. And, you know, so that kind of became where I really kind of focused my business on was my own, what I went through and really just trying to help other women not to have to go through all the pain and suffering and time that it took and money that it took in order for me to get, you know, to heal myself. Um, so, I mean, I can speed that process up for women. Like I can, you know, I've had women that have come to me where they've been dealing with something, for, I mean, not to get into big details, but I had one woman that has something significant with her for 20 years, 20 years, okay? And this woman could barely even leave her place because of the embarrassment of like, she was, you know, not to be gross or anything like that, but she just like, she was, having diarrhea constantly for sometimes 10 times a day mm. nobody was able to help her nobody it was just like the doctor was like oh here just take some of this and anyway like within a couple of weeks of me working with her she's just like she has a whole new lease on life you know what i mean wow. like, she's like how is this possible or another client is like you mean to tell me all those mental health issues that i had were actually connected with my gut health you know, and that by cleaning up my gut health, like now I don't have the anxiety and I don't have the depression that I had because of my gut, you know, so it's, um, it's such a good feeling when I'm able to share that knowledge with others and really help them to turn their life around, you know. And, you know, that's one thing that I love that there's so much research around right now is the gut health and how that affects your mental health because you know everyone is so I just feel like there's been such a shift in mental health in the last decade or two and you know it's so everyone's so quick to blame something else but as you're talking and I'm thinking back to the last 10 to 20 years what became more popular 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was more processed foods, right? It yeah. was kids taking Lunchables to school instead of packed lunches and all the chemicals and all the processes that go into all those things. It has to affect your gut health and in turn your mental health. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is that the um, the microbial in our gut is actually fed by um, what they call like prebiotics and prebiotics are from live foods, right? You know, so we need live food. And, you know, I say to people whole foods and they look at me like, what do you mean by whole food? I'm like, well, something you can visualize, you can visualize an apple, you can visualize a carrot, you can visualize that's whole foods, you know? And the thing is, is that what's happening is a lot of these chemicals and foods, not only are they killing the good microbial in the gut, but they're actually not feeding the microbial in the gut. So it's it's kind of a two-edged sword, right? It's kind of like we're killing the microbial and we're not feeding the good. So it, it diminishes. And then as it diminishes, it allows space for bad bacteria to grow, for yeast to grow. So then as you start getting it, and then what it does is it all affects, it affects, um, it affects our immune system. It affects our brain functioning. It affects our, like for women, it's very much about like, you know, estrogen dominance. Well, the gut affects estrogen. And what it does is it doesn't allow the body to kind of like the gut actually kind of 
what it does is it helps to kind of get rid of the bad estrogen like the 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 estrogen that's been used up it has kind of like no purpose anymore and what it does is if we don't have good bacteria it it doesn't allow for that process to happen because we we basically we get rid of like the quote unquote the bad bacteria or the estrogen through feces and urine but what actually happens is that when that's not happening as part of our our healthy gut system then the bad estrogen um gets recycle through the body again and then it starts to create havoc and then we have women that have a lot of this bad 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 estrogen and then they end up with breast cancer um they end up with um you know because then again what happens is it affects the production of our good estrogen so then they end up with bone loss so now we have women that are in their 50s and 60s discovering that they have the bone density is is decreased and that they now end up with breast cancer or they end up with um, cysts in their ovaries that is again connected with their estrogen levels right you know so it's yeah it's just um i just feel like this like oh i just want to educate women like i'm doing these talks at the library um right now on menopause um, just again, this to help them. And this week, we're going to talk about all the symptoms that can be connected, like all the symptoms that can be like low thyroid, adrenals, gut dysbiosis, liver dysfunction, like all of these things. And they can look like perimenopause or perimenopause can look like these conditions. So they can get like, it's very confusing for a woman. It's like, well, is this part of the perimenopause? And is, is this quote unquote normal? Or is it because my thyroid is just not functioning the way it's supposed to? And instead of going to the doctors and getting synthroid, which again is putting a bandaid over the the thyroid it's like let's bring back the health of the thyroid you know and so it's yeah it's just a lot about educating and again you know there's still a there's still a lot of women out there still a lot of people out there that have too much faith in the medical system that the medical system is just going to be like you know first of all healing is not just about somebody giving you a prescription for something it's got to be from within right so we have to take back we have to be advocates for our own health, you know, yeah. and it's up to us with our health because it's not just about taking a prescription. It's not just about relying on a doctor or even myself, like somebody like myself to help you. It's like we need to work together. Um, and what do you need to do? Like what's not working for you in your lifestyle? What's not working for you in your diet? What's not working for you in your mindset? Like I get so like, you know, angry when women are like oh well this is just part of aging or this is just part of being a menopause i'm like no it does not have to be that way you know and i really believe that we can age backwards that we can reverse our our health um yeah so we can start living from a healthier place you know i just want to keep listening to you talk all day (laughs) because everything you're saying i'm like yes preach like you know because i agree like it is mind, body, spirit, right? It's not just one thing. And so if you don't change your mindset around what you're doing and stick with the healthier choices and what you're doing, it's never going to, it's never going to work anyway, because you're not going to stick to it. And you're going to go back to what's easy or what's, you know, quote unquote, normal. Well, what's quote unquote, normal wasn't normal a century ago, or isn't still 
still isn't normal in like indigenous cultures where they still, you know, require plant medications. That's all they have are plant medicines. And so this kind of just snowballs right into something I know I want to ask you about, and that's inflammation. So inflammation is a really, I feel like every person suffers with inflammation in one form or another in their body. And where you work with women, do you have like one hot tip that every woman should know about inflammation? Uh, Yeah. I mean, the one hot tip is that inflammation is a symptom, right? And it's just a symptom. It's telling you that something is out of whack. And, you know, like just funny enough, you know, I didn't even realize one of the questions you were going to ask me today was about inflammation and had actually just been listening. And I'm always listening. I'm always like, you know, gaining more knowledge. But funny enough, this morning, as I was doing something, I was listening to about inflammation. And, um, and, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, again, it's like this symptom of people realizing that if they go to get like the inflammation brought down, like cortisol, uh, not cortisol, sorry, cortisol is one of the big things that raises inflammation. Like the more cortisol that we have, where's cortisol coming from? Stress, right? So, you know, I think of the one thing, the one hot tip that I want to give to people is that if you want to bring down your inflammation and first of all, recognizing that, yes, it's a symptom, but one way to bring it down is to bring down your stress levels. So that's number one is like bring down because cortisol is constantly pulsating through the body is creating a lot of inflammation. The other thing is as well, is like really recognizing that our gut, our gut health really plays into inflammation. So if you keep fooling yourself into believing that that wheat that you keep eating or that food that you keep eating that you're just ignoring the fact that it's creating all of these digestive issues that is creating inflammation as well so don't ignore inflammation but don't 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 put a band-aid on inflammation do you know what i mean um because if you're just trying to take something to reduce the inflammation without recognizing what's causing the inflammation then that underlying cause is always going to be there so when somebody has a lot of inflammation i always say okay that's a symptom and i when i'm working with people it's like okay what's behind the inflammation and what's behind that in other words what's downstream what downstream so i want to get to like what is the root of actually what is causing the inflammation as opposed to just saying here take this to reduce the inflammation so yeah so don't just reduce the inflammation find out and correct what is causing the inflammation totally and right back to mind body spirit right Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So in thinking about inflammation, the first thing I always think about nutritionally are blueberries. Cause I know blueberries, for example, are great for inflammation. Um, but obviously you can't just eat blueberries. So tell me what are your feelings about dieting and why do you feel that way? Because as you're talking about inflammation, that's the first thing I think is, oh, what foods could I eat? And then that rolls my mind right to being on some sort of an anti-inflammatory diet, which in my mind then quickly goes to all the different fad diets and all the you know different diet plans. What are your thoughts on dieting? Well, first of all, like one of the things I talk about 
with the, you know, with my, with the people, the clients I'm working with. And, you know, I, I did a talk go on the whole yo-yo dieting kind of thing is that I always tell women I'm working with that, you know, have a few pounds that they want to lose is like, you know, what well, we're not going to focus on the weight. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on like what's going on again behind all of this. And what you're going to find is that the weight will just naturally fall off. I, you know, I mean, there's just so many reasons why a woman can have extra weight and to be honest with you it's very rarely just about the food that they're eating so you know if you think that just by reducing the amount of food that you eat and that you exercise more then that's going to take care of that because it could be something that you're not even aware of yourself you know what i mean like it could be that you have a a deficiency in say like the b vitamin say the b12 and um you have methylation issues that are causing high levels of homocysteine in your body. Okay, um, pause please because everything you just said there was Latin to me. Like it was all <laughs> Greek. I didn't understand it. So methylethyl start there. Explain yeah, it's that just please. The way our body, yeah, it's just the way basically homocysteine. When we think of homocysteine levels, we think of like say we associate those often with say eating red meat. And you know, so we say, well, you know, when a person eats a lot of red meat, their homocysteine levels are low, which is an indication of like their their inflammation levels are low. But if we don't have adequate levels of say our B12, what it does is it 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 allows these high levels of homocysteine to create havoc in our bodies, which I guess the simple terminology for that is it's inflammation in our bodies, right? Okay. So by a person having correct levels of the B, and again, especially the B12, um, and that's why you know, it's interesting because B12 is often deficient in vegans. And vegans, even though they don't eat meat, um, they can actually have high levels of this homocysteine in their bodies and just not the proper mechanisms to kind of break it, break it down. So, or if, say for instance, if I have somebody that is struggling with weight and then we look at, they have um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and they may not even be aware of that they have that and by reduce like being able to fix that and what is causing that then suddenly what happens is this extra weight that they were carrying goes down or the big one is um blood sugar levels when they're all over the place like if we have what's referred to as dysglycemia that means that our blood sugar levels are up and they're down and up and down so by regulating a person's blood sugar levels. So what happens is when a person has like that drop in energy, a drop in the blood sugar levels, they're more likely to go towards carbs or high glucose foods, right? So their go-to might be like grabbing something like bread or pastas and those are the things that raise their blood sugar levels so they give them that moment momentarily that feeling of like high energy but then they get the crash and then they get into that cycle of like wanting to bring back up their energy so they tend to go towards the foods that are higher in glucose but it's like this domino effect right because when your glucose levels are high it what it does is then it increases your cortisol levels you see, yeah. because your so when your cortisol levels are high, so what it's trying to do is it will actually use some of the glucose to, you know, to help you fight the tiger or whatever. But because there was no real emergency, suddenly now you've got all of this cortisol 
pulsating through your body that it's actually not only is it turning to glucose but it's actually promoting you to eat more carb foods that are high in glucose you so you see what i mean it's very to just like to say dieting is like just about like reducing the amount of foods that you eat and that exercising more it's just is just so many more layers than that and that's why the women i work with like they're losing weight but we're not even focusing on the weight like it's it's crazy they're just they're just like oh my goodness me i cannot believe or i had one client yesterday she's like oh my finger is like i don't have all that inflammation in my fingers and i mean this is a very educated woman that you know is brilliant in other areas of her life but wasn't recognizing that a lot of her inflammation was because of her her diet and a lot of the weight extra weight that she was carrying was a lot to do with her stress levels and her diet and you know by bringing those things down she's just like oh my goodness me like wow wow (laughs) that's fantastic and because I feel like I mean I've been on a million different diets and this one seems like it's gonna solve all my problems and then two weeks in I'm like okay but I still have these problems and also I want to eat everything in the house because I feel so limited. Right. Um, So none of them, obviously none of them solve all the world's problems. And it really is just about getting back to the basics and redefining, you know, figuring out what is, what is, I don't even know how to say this more just, kind of finding the homeostasis, finding the balance of what's right for your body. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is, is because, you know, and that's what I do is I really kind of look, I always like the way I like to say when I'm working with, you know, when I'm working with women with coaching, it's just like, I'm asking them a million and one questions and all of these questions I'm asking them, they're probably thinking like, why is she asking me this? And I look at all of that information. So I keep, uh, as the woman's talking to me and I'm picking up on little things she's saying, then I'll take that little point and then we kind of go down these little rabbit holes and I'll be uncovering and uncovering and uncovering things. And then after I take a look at everything, I lay everything out on the table and it's like, you know, when you're putting a puzzle together and you've got all of these pieces and it's like, what goes with what? And that's what I do is I'm literally like looking at all the pieces of the puzzle and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I'm starting to connect different things. So when I'm coming back to them with my recommendations, like a lot of them, I just blow them out of the water, like just blow them away with like what I'm bringing to the table. And they're like, wow, like, you know, you know, and it's like magic. Like magic, exactly, exactly. And also because I do, like, I'm also very intuitive. So I'm not just like, when I'm working with women, we do Zoom calls. And I'm very much about watching body language. And I'm picking up on every little word. I'm picking up on not just what they say, but what they don't say. Or when they start to say something, and then they pull back and they stop, I, mm, okay, Finish what you were going to say there, because that's often where I'm finding out the most information, you know, about them kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's, I would say it's never just about the food. It's never, ever just about the food. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And also, I don't want to say anything else because I feel like I'm naked and you're reading me right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's amazing. So I know that one of the things, you know, that you and I kind of is the happiness in women, right? And so Mm -hmm. where I'm the happiness workshop, and I know that you've done so much research and you are just so well-versed in all of this. And there's, oh my gosh, so much to know. I don't even know how you began, but what have researchers determined are the keys to um, health, happiness, and obviously aging well? Well, I mean, the first point is is that our thoughts create a reality, right? So the thoughts that we're, you know, so if we're looking at ourselves and be like, oh, look at you. Oh, you look so old. Oh, what's going on with you? And and we're constantly feeding ourselves negative messages that the cells in our body are actually responding to that. So as hokey pokey as what that sounds like is that you want yourselves, you want to be feeding them happy information. Like, you know, it's just like, again, it's that kind of almost fake it to you make it, but like, you know, telling yourself I'm a healthy, happy person and look at me and look at my, I'm wow. I feel so good. Like I wake up every day and I'm just like, I just feel amazing. You know what I expect to feel amazing when I wake up in the morning. So, so I do. I'm totally going to interrupt you and hijack you right now because that is one of the things I talk to my clients about. And yep. it is that your mind believes not only what it hears, yep. but also what it thinks. And so yeah. whether you're saying it out loud or not, if you're looking matter. at yourself and saying, I'm so fat, I'm so dumb, I'm so clumsy, I'm so this, your mind is believing that whether you're saying it out loud or not. And so part of that really is about flipping the script and it's about saying the things and yes, kind of fake it till you make it, but also digging a little deeper and finding the good thing that you can build yourself up with until the next good thing is realized. And so maybe a woman has a baby and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat when she looks in the mirror, but dig a little deeper and say, oh my gosh, I'm still carrying extra weight, but my body is so amazing because it grew another human being, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So our thoughts, I mean, they really, really, really affect the way we feel about ourselves and they do affect our health. You know, they really, really do. And how often do we give gratitude for the things? You know, it's interesting because we just kind of take for granted what's going on in our bodies, that everything is just orchestrating itself. And, you know, and it's, but how often do we really give thanks for like, wow, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I have the energy to be able to do the things I want to do. And, and again, I, it's, also, we have to be so careful as women that we don't buy into that mindset. I get so frustrated when I hear women say like, oh, well, you know, it's expected. This is what happens when you get older. And oh, well, you start to lose your memory as you get older. And and wow, you know, it's just normal that you have this extra weight. And oh, well, you know, we can't do what we used to do. And I don't have the energy that I used to have. And it's like, well, you know what? If that's what you believe then that's what you will experience, you know? Yeah. So it's your, your decision kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of the reprogramming. It's the reprogramming of our mind. And, you know, starting small, like just, I mean, you know, just, 
I think just awareness, awareness. Uh, one of the things I do with my clients, I get them to do, and it's not just related to stress, although I often recommend it for stress, is like set your phone, for uh, your timer for every 60 minutes and have it go off and check in where you're at. Check in where you're at with your thoughts. Check in where you're at with your feelings because we can be spiraling down this, you know, rabbit hole of negativity without even realizing or worry or, you know, whatever it is, right? Without even realizing it. But every 60 minutes, we set our timer to just check in where we're at, check in where our thoughts are at. And it's like reeling, you know, yourself back, right? It's like, whoa, I was, you know, so... And it's again, it's it's not about the every 60 minutes doing that, but it's just becoming aware of like when you find yourself in that thought, like to just bring yourself back to like, what is it that I want to create? What is it that I want to feel? You know, well, it's like um, muscle memory, right? You set yeah. a timer for every 60 minutes. And I've heard people say that for like, set your timer for every 60 minutes and get up and move your body. And that way you're yeah. getting some movement. But I love that. That's a hot tip right there to set it for every 60 minutes to check in with yourself and maybe yeah. notice where your mind is, but take it a step further. Notice where your mind is. And then also think to yourself one positive affirmation, you mm -hmm. know, and that way every 60 minutes you're feeding your mind something positive about yourself. And the 60 minute timer, of course, is important. So you can develop the muscle memory because then it's just going to start to be innate and you're every 60 minutes or so your mind is just going to flip there and start giving yourself some positivity without you even thinking about it. And also to ask yourself the question, are these thoughts serving me well? Like, are these thoughts going to give me the results that I want? Right. Mm. You know, and then the more awareness we have, it's like taking that a step further. So, you know, when we find ourselves going to eat that food that we know is no longer works for us. One of the things I always like to say to my clients as well, instead of having the attitude, it's like, well, I can't eat that or, oh, that's no, I'm not allowed to have that. You know, using the terminology that no longer serves me. Mm. Those chips no longer serve me. That ice cream no longer serves me. Maybe a little scoop of the ice cream or maybe a couple of those chips on a bowl or whatever it is, or recognizing that those certain foods that you eat that feel leave you feeling bloated and gassy and, you know, just not feeling that great. It's just to say to yourself, that no longer serves me. Those thoughts no longer serves me, you know, and that food no longer serves me and those people no longer serves me and that way of life no longer serves me. And sitting in front of this idiot box every night watching mindless shows no longer serves me in my greatest purpose, you know, my greater purpose of what I want to have and what I want to create in my life. Because that you takes know? the resistance away. And when you take the resistance away, there's no fight there anymore, right? Now you're in control. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, are the thoughts controlling you or are you controlling the thoughts? Is the food controlling you or are you controlling the food? Is the TV controlling you or are you controlling? So it's all about taking back control. And the more that as we can take back control of all of those areas of our life, 
the more that we can start to take back control of our own health and our happiness and be advocates for ourselves, right? You know, like we need to be our own best advocate for ourselves. We cannot depend on anybody else outside of us. We can have some people, you know, we can have others say like myself and you, you know, yourself and the coaching that you do to help. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, we're all advocates for our own, you know, health and well-being. Yeah. You know? Wow. So much, so much. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this conversation could go on forever, but <laughs> obviously it cannot. I want you to now take a look at my entire life and say, Pascal, come on, this is where. <laughs> so yeah. if people now are feeling that way, like where can they find more information about you, about your services, what you offer? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, I have a Facebook page that is called uh, Women Rock Midlife. And um, I, you know, I post things on there. And if a woman would like, if somebody listening to this would like to take advantage of, I have what I refer to as like my 30 minute free. It's kind of like, I always say it's our, your healing journey discovery call. So it's kind of like, let's take a look and see where you're at. And let's take a look and see where you want to go. And, um, you know, just to see like, is there a fit? If you're in Canada, the good thing is, is that my services are actually covered under insurance. So a lot of the insurance plans cover me under naturopath. Oh, so wow. there's a lot of people that could actually take advantage of what I have to offer and don't realize it. And um, yeah, if you just want to even put the email address, they can actually contact me for a free, the 30 minute free uh, discovery call. So it's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E-M as in Marie, and then it's Rolf, R-O-L-F-E at gmail.com. And just message me and just say, hey, I would like your, you know, your 30 minute free call. And, um, or as I say, on my Facebook page, you're going to see, I post on there, you know, pretty well every day. And, um, you know, just information that I feel will benefit other women. Like, honestly, my passion is to really help women to feel the best about themselves. And um, somebody once said to me that, you know, Um, pain is inevitable and suffering is optional and you know and I really believe that so many women are suffering needlessly um, that you know just a few little tweaks here and there could really um, create the life that they want you know with their health and their happiness. Oh, that's amazing. This has been so educational, so (laughs) inspirational, so all the Asianals. So (laughs) thank you so much for being my guest. Um, This was awesome. This was amazing. (laughs) I absolutely want to have you back at another time because I feel like, like I said, this conversation could go on and on. I'm going to put your Facebook page and your email address in the show notes. And uh, my dog is even saying goodbye. So thank you so much for being here, Joanne. You're welcome, Pascal. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful day. And uh, we're both doing great work. I want to thank Joanne again for her generosity and sharing so much with all of us. And just as a reminder, as you head toward the weekend, keep moving forward on your path and always remember to go within. Good night.